0: If we are the example as a leader, as a CEO, as a business owner, then every employee will come along because there are many people they like to follow. So if the leader knows how to lead, the people will follow with the same example.
1: Are you ready to reinvent your organization and create a workplace of the future? Welcome to the Optimized Workplace. My name is Fran Dean Bishop, and I'm the founder and CEO of Aerobody. Join me each week as I welcome innovators, A-listers, and trailblazers who will share their individual experiences with creating an optimized workplace. This podcast will inspire you to find new and unique ways of helping your organization thrive while providing an exceptional experience for your employees and nourishing their well-being. Ready to get started? Learn more at theoptimizedworkplace.co. Welcome to The Optimized Workplace. I'm your host, Fran Dean Bishop, where our discussions with influencers, experts, and innovators are helping transform the well-being and sustainability of today's workplaces and spaces. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Tassos Kotsias. Say that three times fast, right? Tassos, on the heart and the value and impact of heart coaching methodology. So heart coaching for our listeners is the idea of helping you feel holistic, empowered, accepted, resilient, and transformed. I think that's completely amazing. And Casos truly believes that and is very passionate about the fact that this training methodology and this system of training can help us appreciate and integrate holistic transformation, balance, and harmony in our lives. So I am over the moon excited about this conversation. So Tasos, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, Fran. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Being here with you and appreciate uh, our discussion today. I'm also excited, you know, to get this going, and uh, let's uh, let's see how we can bring value to our listeners.
1: Absolutely. So, if you guys haven't picked it up yet, Tassos is um, from the beautiful Greek Isles. However, he is calling in today from Qatar. So, uh, I think he's going to bring a really rich um, perspective in reference to a global view of what it means to be holistic not only from a coaching perspective, but also when it comes to helping our teams, helping those that we work with that are in our network, all of that with this HEART methodology. So, Tassos, if you will, for our audience, can you unpack what this HEART methodology is all about and how did you discover it and where did it originate from?
0: So, um, um, HEART is basically a, a copyrighted uh, coaching methodology of mine. And it's an acronym, as you already mentioned, which means holistic, empowered, accepted, resilient, and transformed. And mm-hmm. how do we achieve this? We achieve this through a five-step process. So when we uh, get to coach uh, with someone getting into a coaching partnership, we discover first all these ideal habits that someone can, uh, can uh, use in their life systematically in order to create this holistic approach, first of all. Because starting with a holistic approach, basically we are touching four different levels of awareness, or for different levels of well-being, if we can say that, which is the, the um, physical level, it's the mental level, it's the emotional, and it's the spiritual level. So once we have all these together, these all four levels together under this holistic approach, and we try, we embody these on our daily routines, on our daily habits, on our daily life, on our daily program, on our calendar, with our relationship with our relationships, our families, our friends, in, in the workplace with our colleagues, with our employees, whatever this is, even with our bosses or our managers, let's say, right? Then we can go to the next step, which is the empowerment. Because once we start having this holistic approach, then we know very well our boundaries. And once we know very well the boundaries, we can say no whenever we have to say no, and we say yes whenever we have to say yes. So for for me, this is a very interesting approach because I see a very big need um, in uh, my colleagues and in my uh, relations, social relations, you know, for setting these boundaries around this holistic approach, and this holistic approach really, really, uh, really, really helps and assists ourselves on how to uh, put these boundaries in our lives in order to proceed to the empowerment. Because once we have set these boundaries, and when once we have this holistic approach, uh, let's say becoming a habit of ours, then. We feel more empowered. because We feel more grounded. We know more, uh, better what we want. We know better why we want this. We know what we know why things are important to us, and then we yeah. can focus. And then
1: we I focus. really, I really love what you're saying here, and I think there's a, a, a powerful nuance with what you're saying because, you know, I think one of the things I strongly believe in coming out of COVID mm-hmm. and why people really are really pushing back so much and going back into the workplace is because they didn't feel like they could bring their whole selves, right? And working from home, even if the top half of you looks very corporate and executive and the bottom half, you're in your pajamas and your Crocs, Mm -hmm. that's who you are at the base. And people fake it and fake it and fake it when they go into the workplace, but that's not who they are all the time, right? They're not perfect. The hair is not always in the perfect place. The outfits aren't always great. Sometimes you wake up on the wrong side of the bed. Sometimes you have a bad mood. Sometimes, you know, you don't do what you need to do to bring your best self to work. And working from home, you didn't have to. You could bring your your best half self (laughs) to work, right? You know what I mean? So I love what you're saying around the fact that this holistic approach is about meeting people exactly where they are on each of these dimensions rather than just one. Now, I'm curious. And I know you're still kind of unpacking it for us um, after Empowered. You're moving on, but as you move on and tell us a little bit more, do you feel like there's one element that typically rises to the top of the heart centered approach of of coaching uh, and 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 uh, training individuals? Is there one area where people find a little bit more resonance? And they're able to um, buy into a bit quicker. And so that's a quicker way to to kind of reach uh, common ground, if you will, for a manager with an employee or, you know, uh, two colleagues, et cetera.
0: Empathy. If I can say one word, there would be empathy. Right. Because if there is this empathy and there is this, uh, this atmosphere of empathy within an organization, and you are the expert, of course, in the wellness, in the workspace wellness, and you understand, so if there is this empathy, this element of empathy between the employees, between the managers, between the staff and everyone, then we are more ready to accept the others, as you said, with their pajamas, let's say, in brackets, right? So it's like the saying, welcome, welcome of being a human a human being, right? Yeah. We are a human being, all of us, in the end. So that this is where the wholesome comes from, and this is where empathy really, really plays in. And role in this uh, the wellness um, in this in the wellness in the workspace, so this would be my answer to your to your question.
1: So, how do individuals empower empathy within the work environment, mm-hmm. even the home environment, mm-hmm. or within any environment that you find yourself, you know, interchanging with individuals, communication-wise? You know, you're you're rubbing shoulders on a regular basis. When people, you know, haven't developed necessarily that emotional skill set, emotional yes. intelligence, right? Mm-hmm. How do they, you know, empower empathy then?
0: Well, there are there are tools and there are ways because 50% of that could be an effort from the organization to encourage the empathy, to foster this empathy, you know, within the organization, to support women and men. You know, to sharing, sharing more, understanding more, listening more, active listening is very important. And of course, another 50% is us as individuals, what we want, what we do about that, and how we want to approach this. Because some of us may be, you know, hesitant, or maybe we have blockages or limiting beliefs that they don't allow us to share, they don't allow us to ask the right questions, ask how are you today and mean it. Not just, you know, this morning routine Or oh, I'm going to the office and say, oh, how are you? Good morning. How are you? Okay. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> you know, it's like, how are you? And mean it. Really, how are you? How are you feeling today? Are you okay? Do you want something? Can I help you with something? Can I support you? Can we work together in something? You know, really a meaningful discussion, a meaningful, a meaningful conversation that shows this empathy and cultivates this empathy in the organization. So, yes, there, there is the tools that come from an individual perspective and from the corporate management from the management perspective and this is the culture this is the culture that each organization needs to build some people they are more talented let's say and they are more you know easy going in this or they are more instinctive they have this natural instinct of empathy so they can lead this effort some mm-hmm. people you know they lag behind so they need some support to reach there to reach. but anyone can do it everyone can do it it's about uh, as you said about the emotional intelligence keys or emotional, emotional level that we go through our lives. It's also a matter of age. Sometimes you know, when we are younger, maybe, or we as men, you know, we're a little bit more closed. We're difficult to share, difficult to talk, difficult to engage in uh, in, in this kind of challenging conversations or difficult conversations. Mm. While women may be more open, may be more willing, you know, to go through this process, and this um, this can really uh, help them and support as women specifically. You know, to uh, also advance in their careers, advance in their mm-hmm. careers, achieve their goals, uh, manage this. Uh, you know, where before we we're talking about like work-life balance. Mm-hmm. If I may, here I would I would like to change a little bit this uh, this uh, m- meaning, let's say, or this uh, uh, this uh, nuance of work-life integration, because yeah. as you said, as you said. What is work-life balance? You said before, yes, but when I'm home, I'm, I'm feeling comfortable and, uh, yeah. and I'm feeling very comfortable compared to when I'm in the office. So how can we be comfortable in our offices? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If we need to walk with our, uh, with our socks without shoes, for example, on air, or barefoot, let's do it. Why not doing it? Why the culture should allow <laughs> us to do this? If we can be more efficient and more productive. And you know what? This is in, ba- in many cultures and in many religions as you as. As you know, this is perfectly allowed. And perfectly. Yeah, that would be very interesting common. to see
1: but that would be very interesting to see people walk around um the Wall Street, right, with a, a suit on top and pajama, <laughs> pajama yeah, boxes on the bottom. Yeah,
0: but then you know, yeah, I, I know, <laughs> I know. But yeah, we have to ask you have to ask ourselves, you know, why do we need to wear a suit in the first place?
1: That's a great point. I think you're making right? a great point. You're absolutely right. I mean, you in order to meet people where they are, you have to be willing to let people bring their whole selves. I was I remember um, I attended a conference a couple of years back and the um the speaker, the keynote speaker was talking a lot about this, you know, EI and 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 reframing it so people could bring their whole mm-hmm. selves. And I remember somebody raised their hand and said, I don't want my team to bring their whole selves to work. Like I don't want to see the rest of that, which you know, everybody <laughs> laughed, right? Everybody got a kick out of that, which, you know, I could see that side, but at the same time, if you don't looking at what we just came out of with this you know horrible pandemic you know when i was watching a, a report the other night on 60 minutes it said that you know we're just you know feet away from another you know horrible virus like that right so if you don't let people really explore who they really are and bring themselves and be open and honest about that then that's what you that's where you see where things are today where people are resisting coming back you have this complete um you know upending of the workforce and and uh, you know the re- Great Resignation and all this other stuff that's happening because it's really the Great Reimagination. We're having to reimagine what the future of work looks like because folks aren't happy with that old traditional model, and just trying to regurgitate it and bring it back isn't going to work. So, one of the things that I'm curious about around this topic is with the work that you've done. You've obviously been involved with this for quite some time, Tassos. Where do you see the biggest shifts happening as you introduce this? you know, into corporate, you, the clients that you work with, if you can tell us a little bit about that, where do you discover the biggest shifts your clients are able to make with this methodology?
0: The biggest shift is really in being happier, being calmer, being more mindful, I would say, right? Because in order to, in order to be, to go, when you go through these uh, steps, these processes, the transformation process, you're coming closer to your real purpose. You're coming closer to your authentic self, to your true self. So the closer you come there, the more the calmer you feel, the more mindful you mean you, you feel. Sorry, because you know that you are in your space. Let's say you're in a mm-hmm. comfortable space, and you have discovered this space, and this space already gives you the the calmness that you need, the presence that you need, the grounding that you need in order to be efficient and successful and without yeah. seeing work, without seeing a job or a project or a deadline or a deliverable as a, a huge milestone or a huge stressful situation that really holds you back and you don't know how to behave or you don't know how to react or you don't know how to deliver. So you are you are happier, you're smiling more very important. <laughs> don't forget that don't forget <laughs> that you have a beautiful smile. So so you have to maintain that in the workspace. But this happens only when we are closer to what we really, uh, what, what we really want to achieve. What we, when we really know who we are, mm. and this is a big shift. This is a big shift because you know in um, and you know from your experience in the corporate world, right? If you ask out of hundred employees, how many are they? Re- they are really, really happy on what they do in their day job, in their actual oh, yeah. day job. Let's say if I can call it like this. Mm-hmm. Maybe what, 5%, 7%, like 8%? Yeah. <laughs> you know, right? That would be the mm-hmm. maximum. So, how can we shift these 90%, let's say, of the people, how can we shift them in a way that they feel aligned with the corporate culture? They feel aligned with the beliefs, with the value system, the beliefs of the, with the, with the goals of their organization, so that they give the maximum they can, they can instead of, you know, Silently uh, resigning, or really not, really not being efficient or effective at all.
1: Oh, so that's me, amazing!
0: This, this is the shift. This is the shift that happens, and this is part. If I can go back, if you allow me, going back to this empowerment and acceptance please. thing, mm-hmm. this is very important for the empowerment, the acceptance cycle. Because if the organization can provide this environment of uh, of uh, providing trust, a trust, a, 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 a culture that trusts the people, a culture that values the people. Mm-hmm. then the people reciprocate so they give the trust back they yes. offer more they offer more it's not about the money only or mm-hmm. the, the benefits or the allowances or what is all these material things it's about how can I contribute more how can I support my colleagues how I can yes. have a better how can I be more innovative
1: mm-hmm. how I can be
0: more creative for mm-hmm. the benefit mm-hmm. of the organization for the benefit of the team for the benefit of myself how yeah. I can imp- how I can impact more? What I can do to find something new, something different, to create an impact in the in not only in the corporate, in the in the company, the organization, but also to the world through the organization.
1: Yeah, I definitely have seen that. I mean, and I'm sure you have in your your work too. You you walk into organizations that you work with, clients, whatever, speaking, and mm-hmm. you can instantly tell those who are really vested, who really feel connected. Who go above and beyond, and they there's a there's a, a pep in their step. We call it inner zing here at Aerobodies, but mm-hmm. you know there's a there's a zest to them, right? There's a vitality to them. There's an energy mm-hmm. to them in terms of what they do. That they're not doing it because of the paycheck. They're doing it because they really there's a passion behind it. They really love it. And even when it's the work you don't like to do, right? Like you know, a CEO. You know, I've been running my company for almost thirty years. There's a lot of stuff I don't like to do. There's a whole lot of stuff. like, you know, I'm not excited about doing everything, soup to nuts. No, I'm not. But things like this, I love you know, it, it, getting in the trenches and really helping people create transformation, I love, right? There was a time I really loved the training piece, but I've blown out my knees with a couple of knee surgeries. So the bottom half doesn't work as well as the top half anymore. So I'm more top half, right? But whatever the case <laughs> is, you know, you you know you you find Dude. that thing. and so that thing yes. pushes you through to get the other work done. But it's yes. sad when you do walk into organizations where it's just the opposite. And, you know, you can't, I don't care how great your program is, you know, as well as I do, You sometimes you can't resurrect the life of people who just don't believe in that the mission or the vision or the overarching um, theme of the organization because they don't see the empathy, right? Like they've tried yes. to give everything they could, but it's not there. So can we talk from for a moment from that perspective? If you mm-hmm. are a CEO, um, a corporate lead, a VP, uh, or you're even running your own business. So when I say CEO, sometimes I'm thinking Fortune 500, but even, you know, small businesses. A business
0: owner, yeah.
1: Yeah, or team leads, you know, and you're really trying to figure out how do we do this from, again, from the perspective of leadership. So that we really want to create that, because you've talked a lot about the empathy of what individuals need to have. But what is the visionary or the mm-hmm. lead need to be yes. embracing in order yes. to really push this through the enterprise?
0: Yes. So of course, as you know, you lead by example, right? You have to lead by example. So if you, if we are the example as a leader, as a CEO, as a business owner, it doesn't matter what. If we are the example of this and we walk the talk, then every employee will come along because there are many people they like to follow. So if the leader knows how to lead, the people will follow with the same example. It's like, you know, raising a child. Same thing, you know, if for me as a parent, I do some right things during my day, I behave in a nice way, in a proper way, depending on my values and my, my beliefs, then the child, the child will follow this subconsciously. It's the same thing with an organization. Same thing. Once you lead by example, the people will follow and they reach, they'll try to reach your level. They will get the example from you. And of course, this requires training, requires learning, requires growth, requires sharing, requires reflection, self-reflection, you know, to go back, to, to identify these moments, to identify some weaknesses. From the leader perspective, I mean, right? From the CEO point of view, and then go back and say, "Yes, I did. I made this mistake. It's my mistake. It's my fault. I will have to rectify. I'm sorry. I, you know, I apologize. Whatever, and we move on." You know. So once you build this culture and you provide, you do your self reflection you provide feedback, honest feedback, creative feedback to your people and your employees, and you lead by example, then I don't think that this this is a win-win situation for me, 100%. This is what is really missing, I think, from the majority of the of organizations anyway. Anyway, that's why you have very successful organizations and you have not successful
1: organizations. What's the typical look of, of those organizations? Because I do feel very strongly that that sometimes people need to be in a position to be coached they need to be in a position to be trained they need to be in a cu- position to um to be well <laughs> you know let's be honest you know i don't work with every client that calls us and says hey would you take this you know contract or would you take this opportunity because sometimes they're not in the position to be ready for the changes that are going to be that are going to need to be made correct you know so yeah. the transformation how do they get ready to be able to work with someone like you
0: Yes, you're right. First of all, you know, it's the rule of the coaching, let's say that you, the coaches need to be coachable, right? So, you know, your coaching partners do, needs to be coachable. If there are some barriers there, some limiting beliefs, some resistance, still there's a way for them to understand why they resist, why they believe that they, what they want to achieve, because everyone, most of the people would like to grow. But the question is, it is just a a, a want, I only want, it's just a desire, or I really can put the effort, I can put the effort back, I can take the actions needed, I can get uncomfortable where I need to get Mm. uncomfortable, right, in order to achieve this. So yes, I understand this perfectly. But yes, you have situations that people are not ready for whatever reason. Maybe they are not ready now. Maybe they can be ready in one year, or in five years, or in 10 years, maybe they can never be ready. Because maybe they're not interested. Maybe they're just like whatever they have, the status quo, as we say, you know, the status quo that they they are at this level and that's it. And they, they are happy with this, fine. If they're happy with this, fine. You cannot do much there, mm. right? So they have to have this curiosity, you know, this feeling of I want to do something extra. I want to do a step, a small, even if it's a small step, I'm not saying... Going to the moon. Of course, I want to be an astronaut as well, but can I do that now when I'm fifty in my fifties? <laughs> can I do right? <laughs> Maybe. You know, technology. You never and- know,
1: Tassos. Don't limit exactly. yourself. Don't limit yourself. Exactly. No, I could talk to you all day, like literally, I could talk to you all day. <laughs> but if you had any idea how much paper's piling up over here that I need to get back to. So as we round the corner in this conversation, I'm definitely gonna have you back. Uh, because I definitely feel like there's iterations and different perspectives of what you spoke about that we could delve much deeper on. But as we round the corner, I'm curious about two things. Are, is there any um, passion projects that you have going on with your organization for the latter part of this year or going into next year that you're super excited about? And secondly, how do people get a hold of you?
0: My project right now and my mission, basically, is this hard uh, coaching to go really into a, a corporate organization as much as possible, penetrate as much as possible this market. And, uh, you know, and my mission is this to really uh, serve and create an impact in this um, in this uh, coaching space, this holistic coaching space for people, you know, to really improve uh, their uh, lives personally and professionally, because it has, it has to be both. It has to be personal and professional at the same time. You are, we are trying to elevate and grow. At the same time, you know, both sides, personally and pers- uh, profession. And um, uh, people and our listeners can reach me through my website, which is my name, basically. So it's uh, tasoskozias.com, which means if I can spell it, it will be T-A-S-S-O-S-K-O-T-Z-I-A-S.com. And, and of course, they can, they can find me in, uh, also in YouTube, in social media, And of course, through you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll have all of that in the show notes. I know there's lots of different ways that we can get a hold of you. I think this has been an incredibly valuable conversation for those of you who have listened and are just beginning. You don't live in the world that we live in. So Tastis and I live in the world of transformation and really trying to help people create those breakthroughs, uh, but it's work. And if you don't live in that world, the first thing I would recommend is to re-listen to this podcast because he really drops some incredible nuggets about how you position yourself for change, how you begin to bring that into the workplace, into your organizations. And particularly for those that are really challenged with this hybrid remote, some people are in, some people are out, distributed, some people are trying to figure it out. Some people are still in pajamas all the time, like whatever model. I think this conversation has been really fantastic for that. So Tassos, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I cannot thank you you. for being on today for all the way from Qatar. And he's willing to work with you, even if you're in America, because he sits in Qatar. So that's fantastic, too. And I think that's phenomenal because you also help bring a global perspective And, you know, post-pandemic, we're all working from a global perspective, right? Working with people from all over the place. So I think that's even more valuable to really appreciate, you know, the challenges that people are dealing with today. So thank you again for this conversation.
0: Thank you. My pleasure. It was my pleasure.
1: And we want to thank you for listening today to The Optimized Workplace. I'm your host, Fran Dean Bishop. And remember, it's many, that's multiple, monumental moments that make the biggest difference in your life. Have a great day. Stay safe and be well. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Optimized Workplace. For more insights and resources, visit theoptimizedworkplace.co. If you enjoyed this episode, please help spread the word and share with those who will enjoy it as well. See you soon.